Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, Calvin Timms, and you can find me over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin. And I don't think I plugged my Twitter last time, but I am back with the second episode of this week. Um, If you guys listened to the episode last time, I talked about my whole plan for the revamp of the podcast. And one of the big goals that I wanted to shoot for this year, this offseason, was having two podcasts a week. Uh, maybe shortening them down a little bit because sometimes I can ramble a little bit longer than I want to. Uh, but yeah, two kind of good sized podcasts twice a week. Um, so that's the goal. And we are back today. Last time I did a breakdown rookie rankings, pre draft rankings of the quarterback and tight end positions. And today I am happy to bring you the running back position. And I got to say, I, I talked about this last time on the podcast, but. My my whole life is it's been just a, a roller coaster the last couple of years um, with the two kids under two and you know moving states and moving houses and yada 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 living in a rental house blah 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 you know well this podcast luckily I'm able to record it today but just another thing man it's fifty fifty right here and I. <laughs> I I'm, I either have food poisoning today or my kids brought home yet another cold. And one of the great things, if you have any young kids or kids in general, is you'll you'll really quickly come to realize how they are literally germ factories, um, especially when they're in daycare. So, you know, it, it's been great over the last two years, just every other week getting another freaking cold. Uh, so I don't know, 50, 50, whether it's food poisoning right now that I've been suffering from all day, or if it's, uh, if it's something from the daycare. So I'm hoping it's just food poisoning because my wife has it too, you know, and it came on pretty quick, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a fun day, you know, fun last couple of days. So I am happy that I am not, uh, sick anymore today. And I was able to actually get down here and record this podcast for you. So Getting into the running back rankings, and you've heard probably all offseason, just like the quarterback and tight end, it's not a great class. Everyone is just down, down, down on the 2022 NFL draft class. Um, Everybody's trash except for the wide receivers. That's basically what I'm hearing nonstop. But the the running backs, you're going to see a very quick thing theme with these guys as I start going through this and I have them in a couple different tiers here uh, but the the pre-draft rankings on this guy these guys I I think that there's a lot of potential in this running back class people just love to hate on it oh they're not special they're not elite you know uh, but you don't need just elite guys to win fantasy football that's one of the most common misconceptions in the uh, fantasy landscape is that you have to have a top five guy. Well, I had a team that's had Dalvin Cook for the last three years. I also had DeAndre Swift, um, you know, I and I have zero titles in that league. I've made playoffs every time, and a lot of it is thanks to Dalvin Cook, but it's more than just one single player. You don't need just one elite guy. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, those guys definitely help. They definitely paper a lot of holes on your roster, but you need more than just them. You usually have to start more than one running back, you know, so... 
you want just the best guys at, at the best chance of finishing as an RB1, in my opinion. If you can have the number 7 and number 12 running back on the on the season, I think that's better than having the number 1 and number 25, right? So uh, I think it's going to be a little bit higher consistency. And usually when you get those back-end RB1s, they don't play a full season. Most running backs don't play a full 16 games, so they miss one to two games on average. So if you're getting, you know, 7 and 12, like I said before, that means that when they are playing, they're producing because then they're also missing a couple games that you're going to be able to plug those holes with somebody else, you know. So it's not like they're bombing on you every single week. So that's my opinion on the running back position. And like I said, I have a few different tiers, and you'll see the very common thread as we start going through these tiers pretty quickly for fantasy football. But a lot of these, this position is probably the most volatile depending on where the actual draft lines up. And one more thing before I get into that, you're going to hear after the NFL draft next Thursday, one week from today. Hello, let's go. I'm excited. But you are going to hear a lot made about the the draft capital used on these running backs and how anybody used on a third day, a day 3 pick on any of these guys, oh, you just they're undraftable at that point. And I, I just want to push back on this a little bit because the person that is telling you that is is one of two things. They're either being extremely disingenuous or they're just an idiot. I mean, there's really no in-between because the the biggest thing about football in general, it's not Madden, right? You're not getting the same game every single year with just new rosters. The strategy in the NFL changes every single year. 15 years ago, the running backs were the most important position you could have. Running backs in in the defensive line, offensive line. Now, 10 years ago, you know, pocket passers were still extremely valuable. Now, five years ago, you know, they're still pretty valuable, but now the the passing game is probably one of the more important items. Five years ago, 10 years ago was running game, you know, things just change year to year. Like a couple years ago, the Patriots tried to go for the whole two tight end set. Then you saw a couple other teams start to go for it. Now everybody's going for the speedy wide receivers, you know, or the receivers that can play running back or the running backs that can play receiver. So things change a lot quickly in the NFL. So saying, oh, well, um, no running backs have ever been drafted in that have been productive for fantasy in the fourth round. I don't care because the sample size on that is so small. As the passing game gets more and more popular and more and more important in the NFL, of course, it's going to start to push running backs down the board because people don't value them as highly. So if if the number one running back goes off the board in the third round, well, does that mean he's trash? I don't think so. It just means that they're the you have to change your evaluation of the draft capital. I, I've never been a fan of draft capital as an argument for players. Um, I mean, if they're drafting the guy, that means they see something in them. All at that point, it's up to the player to prove what they have. Chris Carson, there's been countless examples of running backs who've been undrafted, who've been, you know, walk ons or, or late round picks that have produced for fantasy. Maybe they're not going to be a top five guy, but again, you need more than just a top five guy for fantasy football. So I just want to push back on that a little bit because you're going to hear it a lot after the NFL draft. Oh, well, this guy was taken too late. So now he's all of a sudden just trash, right? So I am not going to, I'm not one of those guys. I believe in talent over situation. Um, 
most times, like nine times out of 10, and I really learned that lesson with Clyde edwards Delaire a couple years ago. I got wrapped up in the hype of Clyde when he went to the Kansas City Chiefs a couple years ago. He was not the highest on my board. It was Jonathan Taylor, but I took Clyde because the landing spot was so crucial. And now look at DeAndre Swift as the counterexample of that, right? Really good player goes to a terrible situation, and really good player is really good. Really bad player goes to a great situation, and really bad player is still really bad. So um, just wanted to point that out as we're going through this. Now, for my running back rankings for these rookies, there is a very definitive Tier 1. And the Tier 1 is probably going to be universal for almost everybody. And that's going to be Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. Now, Brees Hall had a hell of a combine. Um, he just showed out athletically. He's one of the best athletes. He, he just was a like 95th or 97th percentile athlete with his combine measurements. Plus he's got production at Iowa state behind it to back it up. So he's pretty much everyone's clear number one in this class. And then Kenneth Walker just had a hell of a year up in, I think it was, Ken's going to kill me if I get this wrong, but I think it was Michigan state. Um, but I can't remember, to be honest with you, Michigan or Michigan State, one of the two. But he had a really, really good year, and he's very, very talented. He's probably a better pure runner than Brees Hall right now, but I think Brees has better hands in the passing game. So these two are pretty much everyone's number one and number two. I have Brees ahead of Kenneth Walker right now. I just like what I see from Brees as just an all-around athlete a little bit better. So that's what I'm shooting for, number one, and that's not a... That's not a shocking pick, right? But these two, number one, number two, I do think that um, the ideal landing spots for these teams or for these players would be like Atlanta. I know everyone's like, oh, why? I don't want anybody on Atlanta. They have no receivers, blah, blah, blah. Their offense is going to be terrible. Their offense is closer than a lot of people give it credit. I mean, they've got they've got, um, they've got, got Kyle Pitts. They've got Cordero Patterson. Uh, Calvin Ridley still with the team, but he's suspended this year. Might not come back, yada, yada, yada. And then they've got no receivers, right? But let's say Atlanta takes uh, Drake London at the number eight overall pick or Garrett Wilson or whoever your favorite wide receiver is in this class. And then they get, I don't know, Kenneth Walker in the third round because running backs are going so much later nowadays. I would love that. I mean, all of a sudden you've got four pieces with Patterson Pitts, um, the number one wide receiver, and Kenneth Walker. Like, that's a good landing spot. And then you got Marcus Mariota, who's a little bit of a more mobile weapon as well. So, you know, I think Atlanta's the number one landing spot for all of these players, and that's not even close. Um, I think the number two landing spot would probably be Miami right now. They are really in need of a good three down workhorse running back. Um, I think that the Jets could use a good runner. Um, I like Michael Carter still quite a lot for the pass catching work that he's going to be able to contribute, but they do need a ground and pound kind of guy like, uh, like Kenneth Walker. I'm not completely sold on his hands in this class, but if he went to the Jets, I think that he'd still be very productive because of how good of a pure rusher he is. So um, there's there's still quite a few teams. I know everyone's going to say, oh, there's nobody that really needs a running back. Oh, they're, they're just going to go to a committee. But I mean, come on, you got to think running back is the most replaceable position just because of the workload aspect of it. You know, these guys get injured multiple games every single year, uh, not to mention like season ending injuries and stuff like that. So uh, 
I want to bet on the talent more than anything else, especially for this tier one talent, uh, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. Now, my tier two, this is where it gets a little bit more interesting. And the number one guy in my tier two is Isaiah Spiller. Spiller has fallen down draft boards quite a lot lately. And it's because he had such a bad um, combine performance. He ran slower than people expected. He didn't have as much explosiveness in the broad and vert. And uh, he's just falling down draft boards. This time last year, it was Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller is the consensus number one and number two in this draft class. Kenneth Walker has pushed Isaiah Spiller, and people are pushing Isaiah Spiller further than three. Like I've seen him fall out of the top 10 for some people, and I just think it's crazy. Like I said, bet on talent. It's not just the combine stats that, that we're betting on here. Like he, he didn't do the best at the combine, but that's fine. Dalvin Cook had a terrible combine as well, and he's been a top five running back almost since he was drafted, like I think since year two in his career. So like I want to bet on the talent of the player based on what they've done on the field, you know, and if they have a bad combine, then they have a bad combine. So Isaiah Spiller is still extremely talented to me, and that is why he is my number three running back on my board. Number four is going to be Zamir White, and, and four and five, they're pretty close for me. It's going to be number, uh, for number five, it's going to be Rashad White as well. So Zamir White is from Georgia. He's got a little bit of an injury history. He He's so talented. Um, you know, Georgia was RBU for a few years there. Todd Gurley, Sony Michelle, uh, Nick Chubb, you know, they've got DeAndre Swift came from Georgia. Like they've just been popping out fantasy relevant wide or running backs the last few years. I know Sony didn't work out as well because he went to the Patriots, but he's still been productive for fantasy, just not what everybody expected him to be, right? But Zamir White was next in line for that role. And unfortunately he's had a couple of ACL injuries. I think he he tore the ACL in both knees if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. Um two different years. One was the left and then the next was the right or whatever. So, but when he, when he played on the field, he was so good. He was so productive, so talented. And everyone is kind of pushing him down the board just because of the injury concerns. And like, I get it. I really do. But they're like, look at Nick Chubb. He had the same injury concerns as Amir White, and he's been a stud in the NFL ever since. You know, he doesn't have the pass catching. Zamir White is a much better pass catcher than Nick Chubb is. And Nick Chubb isn't that bad to be honest with you. So Zamir White is my number four. I like him quite a bit. Um, I have him, I have the gap between him and Isaiah Spiller is not very high. And Rashad White is my number five. The gap between him and Zamir is also pretty small as well. Um, I do think there's a decent gap between Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, and then these three guys that I just mentioned. But I really like this tier. I think that these guys are going to be a steal because most of these guys are going in like the early second to mid second round right now in, in mock drafts and stuff like that. And depending on where they go again, if uh, Atlanta got Rashad White or Zamir White in the fourth round, fifth round, I don't care. I don't care about draft capital. They would still be like very high on my draft board just because I love the talent. I love the situation. It would be a perfect opportunity for me. So again, don't buy into the draft capital hype too much, but let me talk about my number five guy, Rashad White here. 
Now, Rashad White is from a smaller school, smaller conference, but he has all the size that you need. And um, so far, all five of these top five guys, uh, they are very big backs. They're they're not the smaller scat back type of guys. They're all around 220 plus for all these guys. I think uh, I think Isaiah Spiller actually, or Zamir White, one of the two, came in at like 217, but it's still 215 and above, that's a solid size for a running back, and they're going to put on more muscle once they get into the NFL. That's just a given. So, you know, if they're a little bit under that now, I don't care. They're just going to get a little bit bigger as they move into the NFL. They're all pretty young, and they are all the perfect size measurables for a running back. So, um, Rashad White, again, very, very productive. His biggest flaw right now is just the conference that he came from. Um, he didn't have the best competition, but he has, again, everything you're looking for in a running back. He has all the talent you could look for and the perfect skill set. He is a very strong pass catcher. Uh, he's a very good pass blocker in my opinion and he's a very competent runner he's not the best runner in this class I honestly I think Kenneth Walker takes the cake for that but he's very again he's top five for a reason so um, Rashad White is number five for me last of my tier two guys and again I think he's going to be a steal that's why I think the second round picks if you're uh if you're in any any leagues any dynasty leagues where you're making picks and trades uh right now I'd be targeting all of the second round, early second round picks that I could because there's so many guys that are just falling to the second round. Uh, and I think that they're, again, going to be a steal once the NFL draft happens next week. So um, that's my top top five, my top two tiers. And then my third tier is going to be another two solid backs, right? These guys are solid players. They're built just right. Uh, again, the downsides again, they're they're just not the perfect back. Number six for me in my tier three is Brian Robinson out of Alabama. And number seven is going to be Pierre Strong out of San Diego State. Um, Pierre Strong, again, solid guy, great pass catcher. He runs violently, uh, very, very violently. Um, think of him as like kind of a Chris Carson type of runner. He just runs angry. And that's... <laughs> It's a great style, but it is also the very high risk of injury style. Once you get to the NFL, you know, Chris Carson was kind of a freak, but it, it, I think it ultimately did catch up to him. But uh, Pierre Strong is is similar to that in my mind. And uh, Brian Robinson, again, he's 225 out of Alabama. He's not getting much love, but these Alabama backs, man, they're, they're just built for the NFL. They don't always produce for fantasy like you want them to, but... They come in and they are ready to go because of it being Alabama and their just pro-style offense that they run over there. So uh, Brian Robinson, he's I think his biggest flaw right now is probably pass protection. He needs to get that a little bit, and his vision is is the other major flaw for him. They, he just needs to work on those two items. And luckily, I mean, vision you can't really fix. A running back either has it or he doesn't. But the pass pro, you can definitely improve once you get to the NFL. Most running backs suck at pass pro when when they get drafted, and it's something that they have to just work on. But he's got the perfect size to learn to be a third down running back. And uh, again, he's probably not going to go to the best situation. He's probably not going to go to Atlanta, but maybe, maybe he does. But uh, I just think that he's talented enough that if he goes to a committee, 
Again, you're banking on injury for the running back position. So I like his talent. And if he goes to a decent landing spot, again, this guy's a third round running back. Pierre Strong, he's probably going to be a late second round guy when it's all said and done. And Brian Robinson, I have him above Pierre Strong, and I think he's going to go later. So again, these guys are steals. I I love these guys um, later in the draft just because you're not going to have to commit anything. You can get those picks as like throw-ins to a trade. You know, oh, you're you're trading for someone like, I don't know, Debo Samuel because of all the Debo news that's out there right now. And you just get a third round pick thrown into the trade just to just to, you know, make it all feel better. Because you can do two things when you're you're talking about this draft class, right? You can talk about how bad everyone says it is, right? So you can devalue those later round picks. Oh man, I mean, if people are saying that there's not even a great first round in this class, oh your third round's gonna be worth nothing. And then boom, you got Brian Robinson to uh I don't know, to the Cardinals to replace um to replace James Conner next year for for free basically. So um, that's the thing that I would be doing in trades if I if it was me. Uh, I'd be trying to target those late seconds or like or sorry early seconds, thirds, whatever later round picks, and uh, targeting that tier two or tier three guys. Now my last tier here is uh, going to be three guys as well, and this will be my top ten. And things could shift again after the after the draft. If someone reaches on one of these three guys early, you know, like a second, third round pick, okay. Draft capital does have some some consideration when guys go earlier than what they are expected to, but I don't really put much weight into them going later than what it was expected, right? Because everyone has different evaluations. I mean, look at the wide receiver class, what, during the COVID year, I think it was two years ago. I mean Tutu Atwell, a 155-pound wide receiver, was a second-round pick. You're telling me that wasn't a waste of a pick? Meanwhile, you got Amon Ross St. Brown going in the fourth round. You know, it, these teams make mistakes. They make mistakes. So, um, but still, they can also pick these guys earlier. And they, they again, this whole running back class, they all have a lot of potential for fantasy value. It's just whether or not they can do it in the NFL, which is, um, that's why I'm betting on, like I said, all these big, beefy, built guys, right? They're all 220 plus, right? So um, they're all like the perfect height, you know, right between 5'10 and 6 foot. They've got the ability to be a pass pro. They've got the ability to catch passes. They got the ability to be amazing touchdown scorers in the run game. So that's what I'm betting on in this class. Now, my my tier four last tier, again, number eight is going to be Tyler Aguilier, Algier, Algier. I think that's how it's about uh, or pronounced. Um, I am not a a pro namer uh, when it comes to this stuff. I struggle with names quite a bit, but Tyler Al- Algier um, is the last guy is the last big guy in this draft class. He's around 225 again. Um, and he's got a good skill set out of BYU, but again, it's level of competition is kind of the biggest thing there. Not the best pass pro, not the best in the passing game. Um, but he's just kind of got pieces all over the board that he, he can build on. So, um, Again, that's why he's in my tier four for fantasy. If somebody were to take him higher, he might move up to the tier three for me. But again, it, it would take a pretty big, great landing spot for him to jump up a tier in my book. 
Now, number nine is going to be James Cook, and that is Dalvin Cook's brother. And man, watching James Cook, it's like watching Dalvin Cook in college. It, it's just crazy. The only problem with James Cook, to be honest with you, is he's smaller. He is a lot smaller than his brother from both a size and weight standpoint, um, like a height and weight standpoint. And that's his only real downside. He catches the ball amazingly. Like he he's probably a better pass catcher than Dalvin Cook is, and we all know how good Dalvin is in the passing game. Uh, Dalvin is one of the best runners. Just when he hits a seam, it's just he's so smooth going in and out of those, you know, just running down the field. Um, Dalvin's also been pretty good at being physical in the run game. And again, that's where James Cook struggles a little bit is because he's smaller, so he can't be as physical as Dalvin, right? So uh, I think that he struggles a little bit more in the running game. But if, if he goes to a good spot, I think that'll be very, very worth it. Um, from a from a fantasy standpoint, he could be more of like a um, like a uh, Kenneth Gainwell was billed to be last year, right? As the pass catching third down back for Philly, right? So uh, that's that's my opinion of James Cook. I do like him quite a bit for fantasy, but then the last guy that I'm going to talk about, I really like this guy. He's kind of one of my bigger sleepers. If he goes to a decent landing spot, I'm going to be all over it. But his name is Jerry. Jerion Ely, and he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, going into college. And again, just like James Cook, his biggest problem is size. But his size did not stop him from being productive in the in college. Like his production numbers are insane. If you go look his numbers up, like he he kept up with like the Brees Halls and the Kenneth Walkers on a per touch basis, but he's just smaller. You know, that's, that's his biggest concern. He's more of a satellite back. He's like 190 pounds. That's yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to be a three down back at 190, especially, I mean, even if he, like he, the perfect comp for him, for me in the NFL is going to be Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, you know, he's like a 205 pound back and he's pure muscle. I mean, Jerry on Ely, he, was a five-star recruit for a reason. He's pretty shredded, you know, for a smaller back. If he just puts on about 5, 10 pounds of muscle, you know, gets up to 200, 203, 205 in that range, there is no world where he can't be Austin Eckler. So I'm planting my flag on him now uh, before, you know, before he gets drafted, before he kind of, I think that he's going to surprise people in his NFL career. And in three years' time, when we're talking about Jerion Ely, you know, being the next Austin Eckler, don't say I didn't warn you. So that caps off my my top 10 right there. Um, again, you can see the the top eight guys, they all had one thing in common, you know. They were all in different tiers, right? But they all had the prototypical size, weight combination for a running back. They have the prototypical skill set for a three down back, right? So I'm betting on the talent of these guys more than the landing spot because we don't know the landing spot yet. And it's going to shift things up a little bit. Like if Isaiah Spiller falls and is undrafted, okay, he's not going to be my number three anymore, right? But I think that he's going to still go pretty early in the draft. And I think that um, I think that he's going to be a steal in your draft class, in your, in your rookie drafts, because people are just pushing him down and down because of a combine. I mean, it's one workout, man. Like you haven't had a day where, where you just, 
didn't feel like it. I mean, I went, I was at the gym yesterday and I didn't feel like running for 20 minutes. You know, I, I, I struggled the last like five minutes, just even having the motivation to run. You're telling me that people can have a bad day and just struggle in the, in the 40. But yeah, I, I think it's crazy to just use one combine metric, you know, as a, uh, as a, as a death nail in his coffin. But it is what it is. The fantasy community every year just gets a little wild. So um, last thing I want to talk about here real quick before we cap the podcast and end it for the night is the Debo Samuel news. Um, I'll talk about it because it's, it's so popular right now. But Debo uh, has requested a trade. Everything that's come out about it is it's not about money. It's about um, the biggest thing I've heard is he doesn't want to live in California, which I mean, I don't blame him. I don't want to live over there either. That's why I live in Ohio. Right. But, uh, he wants to move closer to home. He's from South Carolina. Um, he just wants to be closer to home. He doesn't want to play for, for Shanahan anymore. I think he still likes Shanahan quite a bit, but he just, he wants a trade and I think we're going to get it. I don't know where he's going to go. Um, one of the more interesting trade scenarios I did actually see today was from Pro Football Talk, and they talked about him going to the Panthers, you know, for like Robbie Anderson and, and some picks, but sending basically sending Debo and Jimmy Garoppolo over to the the uh, Carolina Panthers, which would be really interesting. I actually would be kind of interested in that. Like, would if if you were Carolina, would you give up the sixth overall pick for Jimmy Garoppolo and? Uh, Debo Samuel, maybe the the sixth and your fourth round pick. You're getting two major needs, maybe, or maybe you give up uh, the sixth overall pick and Robbie Anderson, whatever it is. That's pretty interesting in my book. So I don't know. I I kind of like it. I I think that would be the most interesting landing spot scenario. But uh, <laughs> I, I've talked about this a few times. I don't know if I've talked about it on a podcast or not, but man. San Francisco is just killing themselves with this whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Just cut the guy already for for crying out loud, man. You are dragging a 23 or 26 million dollar contract for a player you're not even going to use. You can't you've missed out on I think like three or four free re-signings of your free agents this offseason because you didn't have the cap space to sign them to a deal. Like you guys are killing yourselves. What are you doing? Like Oh, well, so we'll see. Um, This next week is going to be very interesting. Uh, My next episode is going to come out here probably Monday. Uh, I'm guessing it's going to be Monday, but we're going to be talking about the rookie wide receiver uh, rankings with the ideal landing spots for those guys as well. And then I think Wednesday night, I'm going to be recording my final or Tuesday night. It'll come out Wednesday morning is my final uh, pre-draft podcast and it's going to be a first round mock draft uh, just because it's draft week man I'm just in the mood I'm excited and then again next Thursday anybody interested you know I'm going to be having a watch along with the first round of the NFL draft Um, it'll probably just be me I might try and get a guest or two on we'll see how people are feeling but you know you're going to have ESPN you're going to have Bleacher whoever it is but um, a lot of the times you'll, you'll notice that they just, they, they talk about things and there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of filler. So, you know, if, if you're bored, come listen to me as well. And I'll be reacting with you. I'll be bored as hell with you. So, uh, 
we can we can just hang out together. So um, again, that'll be next Thursday. I'm going to be trying YouTube Live for the first time, and we will see how that goes. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. Let me know what you think of my rankings, and we're going to see again how this changes after the NFL draft. But again, don't let draft capital be the only determination on these players. So just a big piece to keep in your in the back of your mind as you're going through this this offseason. So, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening and good night.